0: You can get as many certifications and degrees as you want, but if you make these five mistakes, you're going to have a really hard time growing your career. What's up, guys? My name is Andrew Baines. I'm an engineer turned recruiter, and these are the top five mistakes that I've made throughout my career that have prevented me from growing my career. So I want to kind of make this video to help you all and progressing your career at a faster pace. So number one is focusing purely on solving a problem versus adding value to the company. And so for this one, I recently had a guest on the podcast named Marcus Manning. He's a CIO at Smart Financial Credit Union, and he really kind of broke down the difference between solving problems and adding value. And how you
1: go from just being a problem solver to being somebody who adds value, it's how do you take things to the next level? You know, I'll give you a real, real-world example. You know, so we're we're in a budgeting season right now, right? So, you know, a CFO comes and say, you know, Hey, Marcus, give me your budget dollars for next year. So you have capital budget, which is you know your investments. You get your return on your investments. You know, you do your calculations good, and you have your operating expenses as well. You know, hey, this is what it costs to do our day-to-day operation, and as you can imagine, I have the biggest budget in the entire company. It's been like been that way throughout my entire career cuz we spend a lot of money on technology, but mm-hmm. the organization depends on us, so you know, kind of gets into that conversation, do you pay for what you need or do you save money? I can save money, but we're going to walk around here, you know, writing on tablets with pen and paper. Do you want to do that? I'm I'm saving you money. <laughs> I'm not spending it on technology. But then we really want to be that type of company, right? Yeah. So going through the budgeting season, I could very easily say, okay, hey, here's our CapEx budget and here's our OpEx budget. The value that I'm going to add is here's our CapEx budget. We're going to get a 35% turn year over year on this particular investment. And we're going to decrease our operating costs by 10% because we're going to get rid of half the PCs and monitors that we already have here. Okay. So that's really the value that I'm adding to the organization, not just turning in a budget with opex and capex line items. But it's really what does value mean to the organization? What's yeah. valuable to the organization is, is what I mean by, you know, that that adding value. And I, I think that goes for just life in general, right? Mm-hmm. You know, hey, I, I wanna be a person that when I leave the room or when I leave something they say, Okay, he left this better than what it was when he first got here.
0: One example that I've had like this in my own personal career is back in like 2014, when I was a recent college grad, I graduated from the University of Texas San Antonio, moved up to Detroit, the cold Michigan North, and I took my dream job, which was working at General Motors. And so I was fortunate enough that when I got hired by my supervisor, I was assigned a mentor and we kind of had weekly meetings where we kind of discussed where my career was currently at, coming in day one and what goal I wanted to work towards, whether that was becoming a chief engineer or whatever the case may be. My supervisor and my mentor would remind me that, hey, it's great that you're doing good between nine to five, but the things that are really going to add value and help you progress your career are the things that you do between five and nine. So that's when you're off the clock and things that you're doing that can just kind of help you stand out and above from the rest. And so specifically when I was at GM, they were very big about like community volunteering, um, Habitat for Humanity. They also had their own program called AWIM. I think it was called In the World in Motion or something like that. But essentially, we would go to middle schools, teach them about STEM, teach them about engineering and different topics like that. And those are initiatives that were really important to GM. And so I made a point to go out there and get involved with AWIM. So participating in programs such as AWIM were important because it gave me an opportunity to, you know, number one, give back and help students, which is something I'm always passionate about. But number two, these are programs and initiatives where some of the employees were recognized for their commitment to AWIM and volunteering and giving back. But then also you get exposure and FaceTime with directors, VPs, executives, and so on. So those are the unique opportunities where you're not just interacting directly with your supervisor, but you get a chance to operate and engage with people beyond that and the people that are like truly decision makers in the corporation. So wherever you're at, if you're at a company or if you're at a college, start thinking about, okay, hey, how can I add value to whatever I'm doing or wherever I'm at and think about, okay, whether it's a leadership role, whether it's a volunteering thing or whatever it may be. Think about, okay, what's important to the company, what's important to the organization, what's important to the college, and how can I help them achieve that goal? And sometimes that may be doing the role that you're currently hired or currently in, or sometimes it may be doing a position before you actually have the job title, And yeah, you know, that may require extra time, but these are the things that can really kind of set you apart from the competition and help you progress your career. Number two, not promoting yourself. So I am naturally an introverted person. I prefer to be to myself, just kind of let me do my work, do my thing, and be done. But that can be detrimental to your career if you're not willing to get out there, let people know what you're doing, let people know what you're working on. And the reason why is because number one, if you let people know what you're doing they can offer you help. They can help out whatever you're struggling with or working on. And another example of this is when I was in grad school, I had a supervisor that told me, hey, when you get stuck on a problem, you go silent. You go radio silent. You just disappear. And I know you're working on the problem, but nobody knows like where you're at or what you're struggling with. He told me, do the exact opposite. Like when you're stuck with something, start shouting out from the mountaintops. Let people know, hey, this is what I'm working on. This is what I'm stuck on. Can anybody help me get across this problem or get past this problem and go from there? And I think this is something that you have to keep in mind like throughout your career. If people don't know who you are, what you're working on or what you're doing, or even like what you've accomplished, they're not going to know the value that you're adding. They're not going to know that you're a rock star. They're not going to know any of that. We also had a a podcast guest last year, Jeremiah Walker, come on a podcast and kind of talk about his career in cybersecurity. And I love the way he framed this. If
1: you're the best hacker in the world, but nobody knows
0: who you are, right? You can't get hired off of that. You know, but if you're the second or third or 10th best and everybody who comes, you know, within 10 feet of you recognizes you as this great hacker, right? You're going to get the job um mm-hmm. and so you have to you have to find a way to make your work visible that's probably the the single most important piece if everybody knows you as the cybersecurity professional or the software engineer that is like top tier and working on all these creative projects and things of that nature is gonna do you far more benefit than being very talented, but nobody at all knowing who you are. You're just not gonna have the same opportunities. And again, like as an introvert, sometimes this can be hard to understand and get past, but you just have to put yourself out there and start getting those reps and experiment with like creating content online or going to networking events, which we're gonna talk about in our next point, or whatever the case may be. But you have to start promoting yourself and letting people know what you're doing, not in a braggadocious, like, cocky, arrogant way, but just let people know what you're doing, what you've been working on. And you'll find that like people want to help you along the way. So that's the second mistake. All right. Number three, not going outside. So obviously the pandemic changed everything, right? Remote work just became second nature for everybody. A lot of people kind of got used to staying inside, but in 2024, yes, you have different COVID variants that are still out there. The flu is kind of like running rampant right now but I highly encourage you to get outside, go to conferences, go to networking events. This is something that in my career, I really didn't put big emphasis on early on, but I've realized now that it's like highly important and it's allowed me to connect with a lot of different people. I'm based in Houston, Texas. We have a ton of different networking events that go on, on every each and every week. The city is constantly expanding. The tech ecosystem and the startup ecosystem is expanding. And so we have different events such as Cup of Joey on every Friday. We have Houston Cyber Peeps. That's a meetup that's hosted by a CIO or a CISO here in Houston. We have Side Project Society. We have Free Code Camp. That's another one for people looking to learn how to code, whether it's JavaScript, React, We have a JavaScript meetup. It's all kinds of different meetups that you can find in the city that you're in that are all geared towards whatever it is that you're interested in. And the great thing is, regardless of what city you're in, if you can't find a meetup on Eventbrite or Meetup or whatever, then create your own. Like whatever city you're in, if it's a small town or if it's a town that doesn't have a um, really big tech or engineering uh, ecosystem or community, start creating your own community and advertise it, put it out there. And that's something else that you can advertise to employers and let them know like, hey, not only am I interested about becoming a programmer, but I'm a leader and I'm a community organizer and know how to get people to buy into things. I think those are skills that are only going to help you. And then to further that, I get a lot of different connection requests on LinkedIn and I meet so many different people online, but conferences and meetups are a great way to actually like strengthen those relationships and convert those like online networking friends to like actual legit people that you have relationships with. So- you gotta get outside in 2024. All right, number four, the fourth mistake is not shooting your shot. So, I mean, we've talked about this from the beginning of this podcast. If you do not put yourself out there, if you don't apply for the job, if you don't hit up the recruiter, if you don't DM somebody, if you don't walk up to somebody at a conference or an event, they're not gonna know you exist or you won't have that opportunity that you want. So I really want you guys, when it comes to, like, applying a job, know the difference between required skills and then preferred skills. So this is something that came up on a recent episode of Custom Journeys Podcast where I had Leonel Thompson, who's a recruiter at Williams, come on, and she connected with a job seeker, Godson, to help him find an opportunity at Williams that he was interested in. While we were on the podcast live, uh, Godson pointed out that there was a position he was interested in, but they required six years of experience. And on the spot, Lionel quickly corrected him.
1: Was that required or preferred, the six years?
0: Oh, actually it says preferred, okay.
1: Ah, yeah, so not required. So (laughs) so definitely always know, like when we say required versus preferred, preferred is like unicorn, purple unicorn, Woo, that'd be great, we're not gonna get that. So, you know, Mm -hmm. so required is gonna be, you know, do you meet the minimum requirement?
0: I love that she did that. A lot of times you may look at those requirements, you may be like, uh, Six years experience is preferred. I only have three. They probably don't give me the job. I'm not going to apply. Like, you still have to shoot your shot. If you don't shoot your shot, you're not going to ever know. You're going to miss every single shot that you don't take. So you might as well put yourself out there, apply to the role, and see what happens. Another example of this is back when I was first making the pivot from engineering into recruiting, I had already started the Custom Journeys podcast. But at that point, I maybe only had like two months of experience as a contract recruiter at a recruiting agency here in Houston. Um, however, I was looking for a full-time role at a tech startup. And so I had found a recruiter that worked at Datadog, and I had ended up sending her a DM basically saying, hey, I only have like a few months of experience working as a recruiter as a at a recruiting agency here in Houston, but I've done 50-something podcast episodes of the Custom Journeys podcast. I realized that a lot of my skill set from being a podcaster and a podcast host is relevant to being a recruiter. You're sourcing guests, you're vetting them, you're interviewing them you're scheduling them, you're tracking all their information, you're reviewing their resumes and their LinkedIn profiles, So a lot of that stuff is transferable skills. And so I hit this recruiter up in the DMs, and said, hey, I have this skill set, these transferable skills. I would love to work at Datadog. I saw that you're posting a position on here. And surprisingly, she hit me back. And so she didn't interview me directly. But what she did do was she connected me with a colleague of hers at Datadog. We set up an interview. I went through, I think, one, maybe two rounds of interviews with them. Unfortunately, I didn't get the job at the time. But Just getting that validation that, like, yo, like, I actually could have potentially landed this role just from me starting off by sending a message to a recruiter, letting them know, hey, what position I was interested in, what transferable skills I have, and why I think I can add value to the company. But if I hadn't done that, obviously, I would have never known or I would have never got that opportunity to at least get the interview with Datadog. So I say all that to say, like, you know, be strategic, shoot your shot. And when you're reaching out to recruiters, don't just send, hey, can you help me find a job? Like, spend two minutes looking on the company website. See what specific role you're interested in. See how you qualify. Make sure your resume is updated. You may even want to take down the job ID number. If you can find a recruiter on LinkedIn who's hiring specifically for that role, look at their profile. Make sure that they're actually a recruiter. Look at some of their previous posts. Comment on some of their previous posts. Send them a message. Say, hey, I saw that you went to this event recently. It looks like it was a really good turnout or it looks like you hosted this event. It looks phenomenal, whatever. Make sure you try to connect with them on a personal level before you just ask them for something or see how you can add value to them and what they're doing before you just ask them for something. And that can even be resharing a post or promoting an event that they're putting on. But once you do that, hit them up on the DMs, You know, let them know, hey, this is a job role I'm interested in. I have these years of experience. I have these transferable skills, whatever the case may be and see what how things can go from there. But I think you definitely have to be strategic to it, but I don't want you guys to miss out on different opportunities just because you don't feel comfortable putting yourself out there. So step number four, make sure you shoot your shot. Before we get to step number five, make sure you hit the subscribe button, like this video, and share it with a friend. Also, if you're looking for entry-level jobs that don't require any years of experience, make sure you go over to noexperiencedjob.io. This is a job board that I created for entry-level roles that don't require any years of experience. You can filter jobs based on the job type, such as remote opportunities. Everybody's looking for remote jobs. So if you're interested in a remote job that doesn't require any years of experience, make sure you check out the job board. Also, you can sign up for our weekly newsletter. Each and every week, I send out jobs that I think are interesting that don't require any years of experience. Also, I'll share different tips and highlights from previous podcast episodes. Mistake number five that you really have to stop making is not prioritizing relationship building. And so I didn't even want to call this like networking. I feel like a lot of times networking can just be like, uh, hey, let me go around at this event and scan as many LinkedIn QR codes as possible in the shortest amount of time. I really want to specify like relationship building because I think that's where the magic happens. Obviously to get to that point where you're building relationships, you have to first meet people, like we already talked about, whether it's at conferences, whether it's online, whether it's at networking events. But once you do, I think you need to follow up with them see what they're working on, see how you can help them in their own career or towards their own goals. And then of course, you know, focus on building that relationship out. I've had previous guests that came on the podcast. They've always stressed the importance of who you know is more important than what you know. Of course, some people have different opinions, but in my opinion, who you know is more important than what you know. You can have all the certifications, all the degrees in the world, but if you don't know anybody at a company or if you don't have a network, you're going to be in the same position as everybody else and just stuck applying to jobs online. I really encourage you guys to emphasize or prioritize building out a network, but really building valuable relationships with people based on, you know, value that you're adding to them and vice versa. Oftentimes I've used the analogy before of think about like waiting in line at a club or a restaurant or some building that you're trying to get into. Obviously, you can go in the front door, but if there's a long line, you're going to be stuck waiting there in the elements where there's rain, cold, snow, whatever, and just waiting your turn until you finally get an opportunity to get inside. You don't know how long it's going to take. You don't even know if you'll be able to get inside on the day when you're trying to get in there. But let's say there's a back door to maybe the kitchen through the kitchen or a friend, or even if there's an open window that you can just willingly climb into and go inside the building. Like that would be a hundred times better than just waiting at the door with everybody else. And so, obviously, networking or having relationships with people that can help you progress your career um, is similar scenario. You can apply online all day, be one of 1,000 or one of 10,000 people applying to a job. Or you can focus on building relationships out with people that can help you, that can make an introduction, that can um, recommend you for a job, or whatever the case may be that you're looking for. So I highly encourage you guys to think about, okay, hey, what are your goals for 2024? who do you know, who do you admire, who do you want to work with, who do you want to build a relationship with that can kind of help you get to that next step? And how can you also help that person? What value can you bring to them? So in 2024, make sure you are building valuable relationships. That's it for this episode of the Custom Journeys podcast. I'm going to try to make more of these kind of just talking ahead, one-on-one videos of me talking to the camera. I really hope this brings you some value. I really want to see all you guys succeed. Leave a comment below letting me know if this is something that you enjoyed or what other kind of questions you may have. But I really want you guys to have a successful year, and I think these are five things that you have to overcome or five things that you need to do in order to do so. So, again, subscribe, like, share. I'll see you all soon next week. Take care. Peace.